Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. we are. Hold your breath. Mahomes is back. Mahomes is looking. He's dancing around, and it is incomplete. And the Eagles are going to win this thing. The Eagles are going to come from 10 points down at halftime to beat the team that beat them in the Super Bowl. Is it revenge? No. (laughs) But it sure does feel good. Hassan holds on. UConn wins. 81-71. to over Texas, 5-0. and The Huskies, the defending champs, still unbeaten. And that's going to do it. You can rock. Chalk it up. The Jayhawks win 83-56. to Kansas blowing out the Silver Swords. And they love <laughs> Billy Bowman. <Yeah. laughs> Billy Bowman, Billy Bowman. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, 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 Billy. Hour two, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and Drake back with you. A1 and McGriddle, Tuesday, November 21, second day of your work week. Turn it up here, Drake. Turn it up. Here we go. Eagles beat the Chiefs 21-17. Jalen's 9-1. We are headed toward Friday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff on Owen Field, OUTCU, in the regular season finale, senior day. And the final Big 12 home game ever. Maybe final Big 12 game ever. If the Sooners don't get a little bit of help. A couple of questions here, Drake. One, what kind of crowd are we going to have Friday? You know, I've been thinking about that myself. Um, I feel like it will be... A pretty good capacity crowd. The one concern I have is the student section, which that's kind of a recurring theme. But the day after Thanksgiving, day a lot after of kids Thanksgiving, gone home. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it seems like, it, especially if it's not an enormous game, that day after or that game after Thanksgiving for a home game, it seems like. The student section tends to struggle in terms of being completely full up, uh, filled up. I'm sure they're full because everybody gets full on Thanksgiving. But um, nice. I don't know. I would say that it's still ninety-eight percent full, and it's another sellout. Um, even with all those factors, like there's a lot of factors that are going to make it difficult for it to be a full capacity crowd. It being on a Friday instead of a Saturday, it being an 11 a.m. kickoff, so many people wanting to travel. But I mean, the thing that we know is 100% true is that OU fans are going to completely shift their schedule based around what's going to happen at Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Um, each and every weekend, whether that be a Friday or a Saturday. And we saw for a spring game what it uh, filled up like for a Friday. You can be 
absolutely 100% sure for a regular season game with a Big 12 championship game birth possibility still being out there that I think that OU, the OU fans are going to show out like we would normally expect them to. Yeah, that's probably that's probably uh, a good call by you. It is uh, it is Friday after Thanksgiving. It is eleven o'clock in the morning, and it's gonna be a little chilly. Not terrible, but a little chilly. So I'm just curious. They were unbelievable the last home game, the West Virginia game. But night game, you know, Saturday night we've been gone for a while. I think they played three consecutive games away from home or three straight weeks or something like that. So I'm just curious. I'll be curious to see if, you know, what the buzz is like on Campus Corner that morning. Uh, and early in that game, is it a little flat? We got we all got some tryptophan flowing through us a little bit? Or are they raring to go for the final Big 12 game? Got to win it, you know, stay in this thing. I don't know. All right, here's another question for you. Go the ahead. Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs have won 28 straight games. They if they beat Georgia Tech this week, twenty nine. If they win the SEC championship game, thirty. Two playoff games would be thirty two. So, run the table national champions this year. They're at thirty two in a row. The record's forty seven. Okay. So let's keep going. Next year, twelve game regular season would be uh, forty four. SEC championship game, 45, 12-team playoff next year. If you did that, they're going to be one of the top four seeds, so they wouldn't play that opening game, but they would have a, a quarterfinal, 46, a semifinal, 47, national championship game would be 48, right? Am I doing the math right here? Hold on, hold on. Mm. Hashtag math. There's been a lot of math in the show today. Uh, yeah, I think that's correct. I think they would be tying the record in the semifinals, mm -hmm. going to break it in the and win a fourth straight national championship game all in one night would be what would be on the line. Uh, worried at all? Or is that pie in the sky? No way they're doing that. I mean... If they... Asking for a friend named Bud, by the way. Yeah, asking for a friend named Bud. If they make it through this season completely undefeated, I think that there's a little bit of concern, which... Yeah, because they're one year away. It could happen next year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, How, how close did USC get? They were they, they were at like 36. Really? Yeah, they sure were not in sure the right. 40s. They were not sure in the right. 40s. Because they would have needed an extra... That's why I argued, at, and uh, may rest in peace, I argued with uh, Taco. 34, so, it looks like. So much. Okay, I 30, was pretty close. 34. They would have needed another full season to just tie OU. And all the fans that said that they cheered for Texas in that national title game, I... I could not. You disagreed. Have, uh, yeah, that was the dumbest thing that an OU fan could do is to cheer George for is rolling Texas here, man. I mean, they're looking like the best team in college football again this year. Yeah. I mean, who's going to get in front of them? 
I mean, so uh, Alabama's the team that they would play in the SEC title game, right? Yeah, that's set. I think. I mean, God, the, they're just such a question mark at quarterback play. I mean, I, I, I think their defense the is really on. good, but golly, I don't think that they can. I don't think they can score on Georgia. I need to look at the update, how many sacks Bama has given up now. Because it was like an ungodly amount early in the year. Um, it'll be a massive storyline going into next year if Georgia wins this thing out here. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised it's not more of a storyline this year. Right. Well, here we go. We're, we're making it a storyline. Here we go, baby. Uh, what was I about to look up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alabama stats. Sack numbers, yep. Alabama stats football. That was a weird way to get to it. Let's see if we can get there. All right. Well, I think that's the math. I think they would be playing to tie the record in the semifinals next year and to break it in the championship game. If I've done some math wrong there, somebody let me know. Does that put OU fans, I mentioned – OU fans cheering for Texas in the national title game against SC. What if they play him in? Well, they do play him next playoffs? year. No, they play him next oh. year in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like in Austin. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're asking if OU will be cheering for Texas. Yes. OU fans will be cheering. Yes. There'll be, there will be some sure. If they're still, I on mean, the it's win a streak. regular season game versus. I, they were cheering for Vince Young and Mac Brown. In the national title game. Because a team was a full season away from tying their record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you, like I said, they will be in the middle of the season where they could break it next yeah. year. Yeah. So uh, there will be well, plenty that's what I'm if they're still that rolling that will season, cheer for Texas. That's what I'm saying. A regular season game. Well, that's Where, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, what are you yeah. saying? That's, yeah. What are you saying? That's, that's what I, I meant by what I me saying. bringing it. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're both saying, I guess. We're saying the same thing? Yeah. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. We're on the same Alab- page. Alabama has uh, allowed, I think OU is at 12 sacks allowed this year. Is that right? I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I put down 11 last week on the board, and I think we gave up one to BYU. Sounds right. So, and OU's... Second Offensive half, Jackson line. Arnold, right? First half, Jackson Arnold. No, no, no. First half, Dylan. I can't remember who suffered a sack. I think they gave up one. I think it was Jackson. I, I could be wrong. I'll have to go look. Uh, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Let me look at how many. Oh, because I just want to give a comparison here. Uh, OU's offensive line has been okay this year, right? Nobody's Nobody's sitting here saying they've been dominant for sure. They have allowed, I was a little off, they have allowed 14 sacks, okay? OU has given up 14 sacks this year. Alabama has allowed 38 sacks. Oh, man. How's that going to go against Georgia? Now, it has gotten better because I feel like they were at 31, like at the halfway point of the season. So they've obviously tapered it down here a bit, but still. 38 sacks for what you you know is just a bunch of five stars on that offensive line. 
I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I, I, Nick Saban is, is, uh, the GOAT, but I just don't know if they can beat him. I don't know if, it, I don't think anybody's beating him unless they suddenly fall out of form here. I think they're winning three in a row. It was still in Gabriel in the second quarter. We got sacked. It's okay. You don't need to apologize. I'm not apologizing. Yeah, it's okay. You don't need to. Yeah. Hey, you know who's going to be there Friday, by the way? This is going to sting our buddy. But uh, John Gray in the house Friday. World Series champion John Gray going to be back at Owen Field Friday. How about that? They, uh, they've they got a recognition ceremony or anything going on, or is he just in I town? would imagine he'll wave to the folks, sure. I, I don't know if any I don't I don't know if there's a ceremony or anything, but I would imagine he'll be down on the field waving at people, don't you yeah. think? We we now turn our attention to the south end zone kind of situation. Sure, yeah. Yeah. You know what I bet John Gray is wearing? An OU, oh, OU hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did that shirt with uh Adolis Garcia, that the the the, the picture with Adolis Garcia, that uh, the the Perrys took. Did you look real close at that thing? Did you see what shirt TJ's wearing? I did not. Here, let me let me. He's wearing a T-shirt that says Alaska in Mexico. You got to do better. He's just willy nilly throwing on stuff. You can't wear an Alaska shirt in Mexico. Oh, goodness gracious. At least Bronx is uh, representing OU. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like i got to start picking out his clothes for him. He's just he's wearing Rangers hats. Well, he's, he's, he's really Alaska gone off shirts. the rails since he stopped letting Katie uh, pick out his clothes every morning. So, yeah. Anyway, John Gray, World Series champion. John Gray going to be at uh, Owen Field on Friday. That would be cool. 7-17 in the morning. Coming up, we'll hear more from Brent Venables last night. you got to hear the story that he tells about Danny Stutzman coming up. It's fantastic. Back after this. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Welcome to the best casino in OKC. Play with your wild card all November. For a chance to win $100,000 in cash and prizes. With almost 3,000 of your favorite games. Plus multiple restaurants and bars. Riverwind really is a place for a good time. Hour two of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Drake Dyke and Toby Rowland with you today. TJ Perry on his Mexican vacation wearing Alaska shirts. Getting to meet uh Texas Ranger. Pack the Alaska shirt. When, when you're when you're going to Mexico, how does that even make the cut? Uh maybe it was an irony thing. Like, oh, this will be ironic. I'll wear an Alaska shirt in Mexico. Can't I can't even. Right? <laughs> I can't even. I was I was embarrassed for him that Adolis Garcia saw him on the beach of Mexico in an Alaska shirt. I was like, ugh. 
Go ahead, T. Uh, Draker. What do you got? Uh, this hour, the T row of the morning show is brought to you by the great people at Hightower Clinical, bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahomans all across the state. No cost or insurance needed to participate for the patient. Medication is provided for free and patients. Well, not only is there no cost to you, but you get compensated for your time as well. Located conveniently in various metro locations and coming soon to the Ardmore area, HightowerClinical.com or call or text 405-831-5909. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, T-Rope. Sooner Bump checking in on the text line. Love it, Drake. Tell us TJ Perez, Perry, uh, doesn't do anything without directly telling us. Um... Sure. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. No. TJ Perry doesn't do anything without directly telling us. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Super Paul needs some clarification on that. Eric in Illinois checking in. Good morning. Good morning. I know you mentioned this the other day, but I didn't catch it all. What's the schedule for folks on the ref the rest of the week? Have a lot of driving to do and planning on my listening. All right, hit it, hit us with it, Draker. Okay, you're in charge so, around there. Uh, oof, don't say that. Don't say that. Because uh, we are making sweeping changes. If that's the case. Um, okay, so we are on the air through Wednesday. Normal schedule, no changes at all, ex- with the exception of TJ being out of town because he likes to be out of town every single year because he second hates vacation of the football season. That's right. That's right. Um, Thursday off the air in observance for. Thanksgiving, we will have no local programming whatsoever. Everybody go enjoy your Thanksgiving. If you want to go listen to something ref-related, you can always go catch on the podcast, wherever your podcast provider may be, or go to kref.com and uh, click on the podcast page from there. Also, Friday, only pre- and post-game coverage because of the early kickoff for OU. Um, I mean, that's going to be a full day. It, yes, I mean, Man, that I don't is, know what we're doing during the game. It, it is, in. but it's not 6A to 6B. You're not doing a 6A to 9 a.m. show like you normally would. Suggestion. Yep. Suggestion. Go ahead. I think that from 11 to 2, mm-hmm. while the game's going on, yes, that uh, Steely and Parker should just do their normal show. There we go. I'm fine with it. Yeah. All right. Let's just go ahead and make that happen. Okay. I'll uh, I'll send in a note to make that happen. So that's 7 to 10 is will be our pregame coverage like it normally would be for an 11 a.m. kickoff on a Saturday. Toby and Teddy will be from Balfour from 7 to 8 while playing at Boyd Street Ventures from 7 to 8. And then Tyler will be at Boyd Street Ventures after that 8 to 10. And Steely from Balfour 8 to 10 on Friday morning. Postgame. It will be like it just like uh, Friday morning is the same as it would be on a Saturday morning. We will be at O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill on Campus Corner with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson for postgame. So, uh, aside from that, everything else is normal, and except with the exception of there will be nothing going on Saturday because there's no, there's no game. So get your picks in uh, tomorrow morning if yes. you're still one of the fourteen on the mountain. Can I play a clip here real fast? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did, you, did you hear the fine bomb clip going around yesterday? Yeah, I've. I, 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 Go ahead and play it. I, I've... I don't. Ha- I'm not going to play that. I just okay. want to know if you heard it. Yeah, I've got it right here. If you want to play it. Yeah, let's hear that first, and then I'll okay. play mine. Okay. Here's a fine bomb. I don't know oh, when fine. I've seen a worse coaching job by anyone than Lincoln Riley this year. It's a complete disaster, and quite frankly, 
uh, he ought to he ought to pack up. Uh, I I don't know I don't I don't really see what his path is moving forward. He he blamed everything on Alex Grinch. They, they haven't been any better. They've been worse. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe Lincoln, you ought to look in the mirror. Maybe you're just a total fraud as a coach. Maybe you just lived off of a couple of Heisman candidate uh, Heisman winners. Uh, and 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 what 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 Oklahoma did for you and all the people in Oklahoma who were heartbroken uh, two years ago and who never thought they'd get over that uh, that that blow off get it, it, they're over it now because uh, Lincoln Riley is not is nowhere near the coach that we all collectively tried to make him out to be. All right, that's uh, accurate. Oh, Paul, always- you're really trying to reel in that. Uh- OU fan base, aren't you? Right I've always now? been a big fine bomb guy. I uh, completely support him and think it's completely justified <laughs> that he has the platform. You would never make fun of his the no. size of his ears or anything no. like that. Love the guy, and uh, so. But yesterday, his best friend Colin Cowherd now coming after him as well. USC against UCLA in the biggest game for the school and the alumni mailed it in. They don't respect Lincoln. Lincoln Lincoln is very 2023. It's like media people. It's treat the player great. And it's all about the player. And it's all about the play calling. I thought the effort by USC was disrespectful to the coaching staff at USC. Chip Kelly's on the hot seat. That team was high-fiving, fist-pumping, jumping up and down, played with incredible intensity. USC acted like they didn't want to be there. And to me... That goes back to the coach. If you have limitations, I mean, Chip's got some limitations at quarterback right now. There's not a lot he can do, right? You, you and I watch. You watch certain teams, and you, you just say, you know, there's limitations for Pete Carroll. What is he going to do at quarterback when Geno's out and Drew Locke comes in? There's nothing you can do. I, if I was a USC administrator or a booster, like that team, they, they didn't respect Lincoln. That was an absolutely lethargic effort. Hey, USC against How, UCLA. That, that's his guy. That Ooh. was Lincoln's number one fan. Oh, man. It you, is getting uncomfortable for LR. Well, I mean, when you lose five of six, T-Row. Yeah. Woo. Go ahead. I mean. In what, the biggest game for the sorry, school. Sorry, he huh? had more to say. No. Um, you know what he's not doing out there? Ooh. This is just my opinion. Okay. But you know what he's not doing? He's not standing on business. <laughs> you know, that's how I see it. Did you just not see the opportunity Saturday? Yeah, I know that you wanted to mix that in. Did you, did you I did just... not have a good game. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, I was on. in a I was in a bit of a fog all day. I don't know if it was the early wake up if I, 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 you know it upsets me when the windows don't open. I was way overdressed. I had layers on because i thought it was gonna be freezing by the time it's over i'm stripped down to a t-shirt um i'm distracted by the mountains and i didn't have a good game i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't i i botched a couple of calls the the, and i didn't fit in stand on business anywhere i I, not just i can't wait to try again on friday because it was not a good effort well there also wasn't a because you, I know that you were trying to fit it in with a Drake Stoops play, because it's a Drake lyric, right? I think it, I think it would have fit great with Billy. Yeah, 
I could yeah. I could have said uh, something you know, about Billy. I don't blame you for that though. Uh, I blame I, I, just... I blame a couple guys that were screaming in your ear. Oh my god, they were so loud in my ears. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be better Friday. I apologize. You know what I would suggest to everyone out there? Just listen to the Spanish broadcast. It's way better. Actually, if there's a way we could just have Enrique do play by play, and then like the rest of our crew. That would be ideal. Just take me out of the equation. Enrique, Luis, and Teddy in the booth, Gabe and Chris on the sidelines. Hey, that's a show. I, I am going to let you know, Enrique was trying to court uh, me to be engineer for the Spanish broadcast moving forward. So I'd do it. That was, that, was, uh, I'd do it. that was Friday night. So I would do it. I don't know how much they're paid, but I'd do it if, if it's <laughs> possible. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, BV on Danny Stutzman. He didn't feel very good Saturday. You'll hear all about it. Back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Draker, did you say something to me when uh, I was going to break there? Hello, hello, hello. Draker. Testing one, two, three, four, five. Mic check one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mic check one, two. Drake. Oh, good lord. Yes. What's going on? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Why weren't you answering me? You just opened up your mic right away and said, Drake. Hello? Hello? Were you trying to say something before uh, you started just saying my name coming out of the break? I said, Drake, did you say something to me when I went to break? And then you didn't answer me. And I said, Drake! And you didn't answer me. And I was like, hello? Hello? Drake! And you didn't answer me. And so then finally you go. you respond four minutes later whenever uh, I try to talk to you off the air? Okay. And then you want to you wanna bring it on the air. I just asked if you I was walking out the door and I heard you say something. And so when I got back, I was like, were you talking to me? Is it an off-air discussion? Uh, One of your guests. I got him the information they needed. Oh, Estridge? Yeah. He's good for the access? Yeah. Okay, thank you. You just have to do the thing that we talked about yesterday. But yeah. Yeah, I got you. All right, good. Are you back locked into the show now or are you taking a nap or what's going on? Uh, that was one of your favorite things, the off-air conversations with Sean. Oh. We were, uh, here's one of the things that was talked about on the trip to the stadium Friday, I believe it was. Or no, maybe this was on the flight. Uh, there's a certain Chiefs fan on our crew that would like the, uh, tush push made illegal in the NFL. He was making that point, and that was uh, – Sean was talking about how he's exhausted by Chiefs fans at this point. So, um, Yeah, I could back that. I could back that motion. Okay. <laughs> Sooners win at BYU. Uh, Dan Stutzman didn't feel good. I was uh, – so pregame interview on the road – 
I do when the team arrives at the team hotel. We travel before the team, so we get there before they do. And when they arrive at the hotel, I'm waiting on Brent. He's usually first off the bus. He walks in. We have a little room to the side arranged most of the time. Pull him over to the side. We do a little five-minute interview, and that is the uh, that is the pregame interview. Well, Friday, the team arrives at the hotel, and uh, I do the interview with BV, and then come back out. And by that, you know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of players. They're still coming in in waves. And uh, Danny Stutzman looks like death warmed over. Like, <sighs> you can tell. Hey, something ain't right. Well, we find out he's apparently he's got food poisoning. And he didn't feel good. So, anyway, uh, this was the exchange last night on at the Rudy Show. Rough couple of days for Danny. Feel, feeling better? Yeah. So, yeah. So he was. W- he didn't look we, good Friday. We all, we all went down there about 545 in the morning um, to in the on the second floor. We kind of take over wherever we go. You usually like the second floor and all the different meeting room space. And so we, we have a training room. We have a recovery room. We have a nutrition room. We have a, a dining, a huge dining facility. Then we have all the different position meeting rooms. You have a, a big team meeting room. And, uh, and, and so I go down there and Danny's half naked and he got IVs. He's laid up on this thing. And, uh, and I said, "Oh man, I feel good." I said, "We're." I said, "This is exactly what I was hoping to see, uh, as opposed to being up in his hotel room." Uh, you know, he's right down there, like, "Coach, I'm playing." And I'm like, well, "Hell yeah!" I said, "Where else would you be doing today?" I brought you here to play, and uh, and uh, but man, his spirit and his toughness, yeah, his his uh, love for his teammates and his opportunity, man, it's as good as it gets, and. So he battled through our, our doctors and, and the physicians. They did a great job kind of getting him ready, and he held enough down, you know, and really wasn't able to hold really uh, much down at all. And, um, but uh, he fought through it, and I think he had a little bout of a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of some yuck kind of m- moving through his body, and, and I played his butt off, you know, really did a great job. Did you see the quote after the game? He's like, something like, I can't decide if I'm starving or if I need to run to the bathroom again. <laughs> All hey, the above. He still got a little yuck in him because he said the same thing. He's like, uh, Coach, uh, can I use the restroom? Uh, this is today in a, in a meeting. Uh-huh. Nobody leaves. You know, like we don't. Once we start, I'm like, all right, tiny tanks. Everybody's sitting here for the next hour. Anybody leaving? All right. So you're grown men, all right? We don't need to go to the bathroom, have bathroom breaks, you know? And so he, he was sitting there. I kept looking at him, and I'm like, what is wrong with him? And uh, and he didn't want to say nothing. Like, why are you looking at me? And uh, <laughs> and my <laughs> daddy's laughing because he knows. I'm, I'm like, you know, da, 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 I'm talking, you know. And I look at him, and he's still, I'm looking at him. I'm like, why are you looking at me? And uh, he goes, i got to use the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that one. He's like, oh yeah, that one. So, uh, yeah, Teddy's laughing still because oh, so yeah. uh, that was great. That was good. Uh, I, I'm glad that he made it through. Even picked up a huge sack fumble that ended up winning the game. And uh, hopefully, didn't. Hopefully, it was food poisoning and nothing contagious that he passed along to anybody else. Oh man, that was the rumor though. Was uh, food poisoning, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what I was told it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. But not from a doctor. 
not not from anybody, just like from another like traveling party person. So yeah. I don't know if they knew what they were talking about or not. But um, <clears throat> anyway, that's I can just absolutely <laughs> like I said, tiny the, tanks, tiny. <laughs> yeah, that that was the line right there that had me just All right, about, tiny tanks uh, falling over and. <laughs> It does. The audio is hilarious in and of itself, but it does not do justice how it is that Ted is in full <laughs> breakdown next to BV because it is taking him back to whenever he was in that uh, in those meeting rooms with BV. And ugh, it's it was just last night was fantastic. I got one what more piece show. of audio for you here. Okay, um, go ahead. This is about the quarterback change at halftime. Now, Brent has already explained that the linebackers did not play well. Nobody's fitting anything right. It's driving him crazy, right? He is beside himself on Saturday trying to get the linebackers to fit the run game correctly. And so uh, here's the exchange about uh, what happened at halftime. Can you take us behind the scenes a little bit at halftime when I assume the doctors come to you and say, hey, you don't have DG second half, and now you, you you're gonna go with I'm Jackson. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I gotta get these run fits squared away. I mean, yeah, yeah, we got Jackson Arnold. All right, we, first world problems here, and uh, and I say that I'm you know not making light of um, what's going on with Dylan. Obviously, very concerned there, making sure that he was gonna be okay, uh, that he was in a good place, and then um, you know making sure that you know uh, give uh, Jackson another uh, level of you know, confidence, you know, I mean, we remember just do one of 11, take care of the football, make good decisions. Offense going to make it, uh, you know, just like practice, you know, just like Denton Geyer, and you're going to be just fine. And we're going to be better on defense, take some pressure off of you. And uh, because I felt like, you know, we, I I don't like playing like that, you know, on defense, and we're never going to be perfect. Um, uh, But I never felt like we, we helped the offense at all. And, uh, we, we put a lot of pressure on them. We flipped the field continuously on defense by playing bad run defense. And, and again, even our own guys, you know, not letting them. Get, but the second half was much better, like I said. Uh, again, six drives, I think three punts, two turnovers, and, and one touchdown drive. So, uh, but felt, again, really, when, and, I, and I say that, I was joking, but I wasn't joking. Yeah. You know, we got we to gotta fix this. Let's get these guys squared away, get them calmed down. Got some young guys that are running some triple option and some things that maybe – we haven't spent much time on, and they're doing a lot of eye candy to try to mess with your gap integrity, and and uh, so we got a little bit better uh, at that in the second half. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Jackson Arnold. I got to go fix the run fits. Don't bother me. <laughs> much different scenario there than than a year ago, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. We got Jackson Arnold. Yeah, I got yeah, yeah. my own problem. We have somebody here. that I'm. I'm not too worried about that. We have somebody that we can count on to take snaps and throw a forward pass. Also, coming up later in the show, major breaking news for the Sooner Radio crew last night Ooh, at the end yeah, of the Brent this, Venable yeah. show. Oh, absolutely. This is a game changer. I'll uh, play that for you coming up as well. We got Porter Moser live in the 8 o'clock hour. Brian Estridge, TCU play-by-play voice, live in the 8 o'clock hour as well. Your text messages, welcome as always. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. We'll be back. The home of Sooner fans. 
Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. Final segment, Hour 2, T-Row in the Morning Show. T-Row and Drake with you today. Sorry, the T-Row in the Morning Show. It's brought to you by the great people at Hightower Clinical, bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma at no cost or insurance required to participate for Oklahomans out there. Study opportunities include uh, diseases such as ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, uh, atopic dermatitis, and many, many more cancer, many other things that the people at Hightower Clinical are able to offer as far as clinical trials. Uh, They believe everyone should have access to treatment that could change your life through clinical trial participation. Visit HightowerClinical.com or call or text 405-831-5905 for more information. Would you be okay with us changing your nickname to Tiny Tank? Uh, be, I think that would be appropriate. Uh, A1 and Tiny Tank? Uh, you know what? Well, I like that's it. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. I don't hate let it. it. Let it be said. Let it be done. Uh, <laughs> Ken Applemeyer Chevrolet text line. Tiny Tank. Um, <laughs> what will Jada tell Billy to do since she is a senior? Uh, when we were talking about uh, oh, Billy Bowman, does he have a decision that. to make? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh oh. Um, somebody's asking you to divulge secrets here, T. Row. Okay. Toby, my wife would like your wife's corn casserole recipe. How can we get it? Ain't happening. Sorry. Now you've talked about you floated the idea of a uh, T. Row cookbook in the past. Yep. Would that right. be something that would be kept out of the cookbook or? Well, I would have to ask her permission to put it in. Right, obviously. I do not have the authority, nor do I have the recipe for the corn casserole. Oh, wow. It's that much of a secret, huh? Uh, I've never, like, I, I assume it's in the house somewhere. But I don't even know if, like, I think she's made it so many times now, it's just in her head. Yeah. So, Muscle memory uh, kind of thing. If, if I did a cookbook, that would be a great thing to have in it because it's unbelievably good. But only with her permission. It's her recipe. It's her grandmother's recipe. So, if she says yes, then then then. But I don't. I can't give it to you. So okay. What Respect about what about the legendary pink dip? I'd have to think long and hard about divulging that. I mean, obviously, I don't have a cookbook without the pink dip. The pink <laughs> Ozzie, dip. Ozzy says, uh, "What are you thinking? Trying to divulge that? Like, why the is pink it even dip a thought?" Would be. The main selling point would be for people to finally get the recipe for the pink dip. So I don't have a book if I don't put pink dip in it. Mm-hmm. So I got to think long and hard about whether I want that out there or not. Right. Whether or not you do the book altogether. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Dino says behind the scenes stuff is really cool to see and hear. That's why Hard Knocks has been on the air forever. Yeah. I also have my recipe for bringing sodas to Thanksgiving. Uh, spinach dip, though. You're bringing spinach dip. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I are think you so. A, are you a Fritos guy with the spinach dip? Or no. are you the tortilla chip? 
So I like to put it in a bread bowl, uh-huh. car- carve out the center of the bread bowl, uh-huh. put it in there, and then you can tear apart the pieces of the bread so you can have like pieces okay. of bread with it. Okay. And or I like triscuits with okay. it. Triscuits with spinach dip. Okay. Uh, my wife is a wheat thin fan. Wheat thin? Wheat thins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connect Wire Chevrolet text line. Sean is marked safe from hearing uh, Ch- Chiefs fans football playing for at least six more days. Thank you, Eagles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the 918. You got a wrestling match going on between Piglet and Ozzy over the uh, stuffed Pegasus slash uh, <laughs> dragon. I think it's a dragon. My wife thinks it's a Pegasus. Huh. That's, those are two very different things. Um, let's see. I didn't get to tune in yesterday, so I don't know if y'all talked about it, but what was going on with the field and Provo? Is it always in that condition, T-Row? I'll let you. It's always high grass, but it was uh, – it. so the last two home games, it got away from them is what we were kind of told. They had it covered up for the Iowa State game. They had a tarp on it because of weather – and they didn't take the tarp off in time, and it was really slick. And then they had a bunch of rain this week before we got there. And so it was just – it's natural grass, and it's chewed up, and it was super slick. Guys were sliding everywhere. Yeah. So what they told Gabe was that, that like that was the last home game of the year, that they're tearing it all up and, and planting new grass uh, you know, going forward for next year. But, no – it's a slow track by nature. If you've ever watched old BYU highlights and everything, it's kind of one of those high grass, slow tracks like Iowa State's got. Uh, Notre Dame used to have that back in the day. But um, it's usually not as slick and, and that tough on the footing. Didn't didn't Gabe mention, too, there was somebody with OU ties that was there to kind of give them some, some, cult, some consulting on the uh, field conditions, too? What they need to I, do. I don't know about that. Maybe. I think our field, I think he said that on the huddle last night. I think Jason Ferris goes with us most places, the field guy, just to kind of, you know, especially natural grass places to kind of, you know, best tips and practices kind of things. But I could be wrong about that. All right, 8 o'clock, top of the hour. We got Porter Moser live, Brian Estridge live next hour. We'll be back. From the gridiron to the hardwood. To the diamond, no one covers the Sooners like we do. If it's Sooner Sports, we have you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. This is the home of Sooner fans. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Zero. Show. He's got a quick wit, but his body is slow. 
around, and it is incomplete. And the Eagles are going to win this thing. The Eagles are going to come from 10 points down at halftime to beat the team that beat them in the Super Bowl. I... Is it revenge? No. <laughs> but it sure does feel good. Hassan holds on. UConn wins. 81-71 to over Texas. 5-0. and the Huskies, the defending champs, still unbeaten. And that's going to do it. You can rock. Chalk it up. The Jayhawks win 83-56. to Kansas blowing out the Silver Swords. And they love <laughs> Billy Bowman. <Yeah. laughs> Billy Bowman, Billy Bowman. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, 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 Billy. Hour 3-0 in the morning show. Toby and Drake back with you. A1 and Tiny Tank. Thanks for tuning us in today. So you heard a little bit. Feast week underway in basketball. Kansas wins over Chaminade. They're out at the Maui Invitational, which is in Honolulu this year. Uh, Purdue beat Gonzaga. Marquette late last night beat UCLA by two. And then uh, Tennessee over Syracuse. So those are the uh, four winners yesterday in the Maui Invitational. Texas suffered their first loss. Defending national champion Connecticut beat them last night. 8171. Hey, you two. I'm on the air. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, what else of interest? Okay, so coming up today, you've got Syracuse and Gonzaga. Uh, this is basketball. Tennessee and Purdue. There's a good one right there. Two top 10 teams in a winner's bracket. Oh, listen to the winner's bracket semifinal in Maui. Okay. Second ranked Purdue against seventh ranked Tennessee. Number one, Kansas against number four, Marquette. Mm, juicy. Ooh. Juicy. Of course, our Sooner men waiting till Thursday. They'll be out in San Diego. Porter Moser joins us next segment. They're taking on Iowa. Sooner women headed to Fort Myers, Florida, where they will face Princeton on Thanksgiving Day. And then Tennessee awaits after that. All right, I want to play one more audio clip from last night's show. Let me set this up. One, Brent has been talking all show about how this week, since they play on Friday, they they just cut out the off day, usually have an off day on Sunday. Now their off day this week is going to be on Saturday after after the game. So they moved everything up, and they're just calling it what day it would normally be just to kind of keep everybody on a normal schedule. So Sunday was Monday, Monday was Tuesday, Tuesday is Wednesday, so forth and so on. Excuse me for that. Um, spam risk. So forth and so on. So that Friday when it's game day, it's Saturday in their head. So he's like, we refer to our Monday practice as Tuesday or Tuesday practice, so forth and so on. Here's another thing you need to know. When I travel or Drake travels with these teams, football's different than the other sports, okay? And it has to be. When we go with basketball or with baseball, um, you know, we are on the team plane, on the team buses. We eat with the team. The coaches are very nice. They, uh, we go to practice with the team. We watch film with the team. Whatever we want to do. We don't have to, but we, we're we a part of the, the team traveling party. I'll dine with the coaches. We'll talk about, you know, I'll listen to them talk about what's the strategy for tonight's game, things like that. Football is a different monster. Football is a lot more insular, okay? We travel separate from the team. We'll stay at the hotel, but we don't dine with them. 
a lot of times they'll have the uh, part of the hotel cordoned off where you have to show a badge to be able to get back into the team area where the meeting rooms are and all that kind of stuff. And it's just for security purposes. You know, people are, are paranoid, plus people are, um, you know, they want to come get autographs or take pictures. or So you got to have a little bit of security there, and it's just a little different setup. So when we travel with the team, Drake, on Friday night, we don't eat with the team. We go out to eat on our own, and it's great. Like this week, the radio crew found uh, Gabe. We put Gabe in charge of finding us a spot. We found a restaurant. He found a restaurant in uh, Salt Lake City. It was a lot of fun. We all ate together. But we don't even we don't even think of eating with the team because we're not invited. That's not part of the deal when you travel with football. The team eats with the team. Everybody else doesn't. All right, there's your setup. This is from last night's show. Going to be in the hotel on a Thursday uh, night on Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we're going to have Thanksgiving actually tomorrow night for them. And then that way if some family, we've got several families coming in town uh, the next night after practice. So if they want to go and do a Thanksgiving meal and then Friday night is Friday night. You know, we're going to have Friday night meal. You can't have Thanksgiving night before you play, you know, the <laughs> right, right. kickoff. <laughs> right. You know, Isaiah, Isaiah goes, hey, coach, you have to practice tonight. He's, I said, anybody got anything? He went, are we having Thanksgiving? Because I just told him we're having Thanksgiving tomorrow night after practice. Right. You know, Wednesday's gonna, Thursday, gonna, Thursday's gonna, Friday. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we don't have any uh, Thanksgiving food on, on uh, <laughs> you know, Friday night. I'm like. No, I just, I just told you. And I said, all right, all right. So I got the, the guy that's kind of in charge of food. At the, I says, you make sure we got a table as just tur- turkey legs. You, you guys want turkey legs? And, uh, man, a bunch of hands. I said, all right, we'll have turkey legs there for you. And uh, big old turkey legs. Um, and uh, But we got meat carving stations. We got pasta stations. We got... We got salmon. We got lasagna. We got you eat I mean, well. Yeah, we amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. And uh, the radio we, crew likes to look through the door sometimes at the mm-hmm. what you guys are eating How there. Good like, does man, it smell. smells good it's, in there, doesn't it? We're waiting for the official invitation. It was just like you guys come on in. Listen, anytime you guys want, you guys are more. There it is. There we go. We got it finally. And there's plenty left over. There's plenty left over. I I got to tell you, there was we were I believe in West Virginia. I don't think you were with us yet, Drake. I think we were in West Virginia. No, I was not. I, I could tell you exactly when it was. It was it was the last time we played a Friday game. 2018. Because we played on a Friday in Morgantown, right? Yeah. So Thanksgiving night, we're in the hotel. And there's one restaurant in the hotel, but everybody is at that restaurant because it's Thanksgiving night. Yeah, a lot of stuff is closed. You know, if you want to go out to eat, something like that. So everybody is eating in this one small restaurant in the hotel, and it is packed. And it's like an hour wait. And we don't have an option, so we're just kind of waiting in the hall. And Coach Merv is still with us at the time. So Coach Merv walks up, and he's like, we just got an hour wait, Coach. It's packed in there. And he goes, come with me. So we all go with Coach to where the team is eating, all right? So the big room with the with the spread that Coach Venables was just talking about. And we walk in, and the security meets us at the door, and Coach Merv goes, they're with me. And he waves us on through. And we, like, the team is already done, but I'm telling you, there is 
the greatest buffet you've ever seen. And lots of food still left. Uh, we've never been so happy. You should have seen our faces, Drake. Like, we got to eat the team food on Thanksgiving night on the road in Morgantown. That's the only time we've ever uh, dined there. But now, apparently, the invitation's open, Drake. We get to eat with the team now. It's beautiful. I don't want to even eat with the team. That sounds like I was one. Like, I want to, like, you guys go. Eat all you want. When you're done, let us know, and we'll come in and before you start throwing stuff away. Yeah. Yeah, give us yeah. the scraps, please. Just the scraps. Just the scraps, <laughs> please. No, I, I mean, it is, it's just nice to have options, you know, T-Row? That's exactly right, Drake. Yeah, that's, that's, well that's, said, Mike. that's that's the thing. Oh, Speaking yeah. of options. There's Ozzy. Before we go- in. He, lo- yeah. he loves having options, too. Before we uh, uh, go to break, because we've got to get Porter Moser in here. One scenario, and maybe everybody's aware of this already, I don't know. But obviously you're trying to figure out a way to get OU into this uh, championship game. The easy way is for Oklahoma State to lose. The harder path is for Texas to lose and uh, Kansas State to lose. You would need an and situation there. At least according to the computer, if Texas loses Thursday night, the OSU game then is irrelevant. Because you need you, K-State to you lose. Ha- right. You have to have, at that point, if Texas loses, your only path then is for K-State to also lose. Uh, whatever happens to OSU doesn't matter as far as OU getting in anyway. So, for example, if Texas and Oklahoma State lose, OU's not in. Because Kansas State won. So or, let me just punch it in. If Texas loses and OSU loses, bam, Texas, K-State for the title. So I, I, I probably did not explain that very well. If whatever happens with Texas Friday night determines what you're rooting for on Saturday, all right? If Texas wins on Friday night, if they beat Tech, then your one option of getting in is for Oklahoma State to lose on Saturday. If Texas loses on Friday night, then your one option for getting in is for Kansas State to lose on Saturday. The OSU game at that point is irrelevant. Does that make sense? Have you seen the scenario on if everyone loses? Well, who is your everyone? All all, all of those all teams? All four contending teams. I'll punch it in right now. So you're saying Texas loses. Yes, you'll want, you'll want to see this one because it's very interesting how it completely jumbles up everything. Texas loses. Kansas State loses, OSU loses, the rest and we the... lose? Yes. Okay. And Bam. then the rest of the favorites win. OU Texas. Yes. But look so at if... the rest of the standings, how it falls. K-State we... number three, Iowa uh-huh. State number four, West Virginia number yeah, five. OSU seven. Texas Tech six, and then OSU seven. Wow. Yeah. But. Yeah, that is crazy. So OU could get in if they lose to TCU, but they would need everybody else to lose. Yes, if all four contending teams lose. That is crazy. Wouldn't that be something? That that is called backing into the championship right there. 8.15 in the morning. When we come back, Porter Moser joins us live. He's about to head to San Diego. 
Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up, because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KRF Podcast page. Sooners and the Iowa Hawkeyes coming up on Thanksgiving Day out in San Diego, and we're joined now by OU head coach, head coach of the undefeated Oklahoma Sooners, Porter Moser. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Toby. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are Are you guys doing anything, you know, other than playing basketball in San Diego? Are you guys doing anything fun out there? You know, actually, so we're we're, we're practicing here this morning, and then we're flying to San Diego. Uh, we're going to a team dinner tonight, and then we got practice at the arena. We got a whole bunch of media stuff tomorrow. And then we're uh, at like 2 o'clock in the lunch. we got a lot of the families that are all coming in. We're going to be able to have a big Thanksgiving lunch at the hotel. Nice. So we're going to do that with the guys on Wednesday. I can't, and, then, uh, and then we got our game Thursday. Yeah. How did you feel about uh, how you played against UTRGV? You know what? Some good, some we got to get better at. I mean, you know, we're, we're playing faster, and with that sometimes comes – growing pains of learning how to play fast without in a hurry. And I thought at times we played in a hurry and, and sloppiness came in. I'm going to have to live with some turnovers, you know, to, you know but they got to be out of aggression and out of trying to commit the right play instead of turnovers out of carelessness or softness. Those are the turnovers that wrench my belly. Um, but I, I think that the turnovers that, like, man, we're trying to push it ahead, we throw it way ahead, and maybe just went off his hands and it just didn't connect. You know, we're trying to make right play. I don't want to get hesitant with that. So I'm seeing some good stuff. The, the positives is our bench and our depth. Um, two stats, I think our bench is one of the top five in scoring. You know, between Rivaldo, Latre, and John, they're almost all three, right around, you know, eight to 11 points a game. Um, Sam Godwin, after four games, is leading the country in offensive rebounds. And wow. uh, so there's some real positives. I just, I just think we got to push to get better. The Godwin-Hughley dynamic, Coach, I think will be interesting to watch and see how it plays itself out as the year goes along. They're both giving you some really good stuff. They both play the same position. That, that's going to be, I, I think, fascinating to see how that unfolds. It is. It is. And for, for, for me, I, I – I, you don't want one to start playing bad so the other one gets more minutes. I love it. I, they're both playing really well. Um, I want to keep pouring into both of them, keep pouring into, you know, make your minutes count, you know, and uh, I think that's a, a great dynamic, and I think they give you two different things. I mean, John is uh, – Sam really gets, you know, so much energy rolling. You know, he's a lob threat. Um, John is just carves out space. He's a space heater down there, you know, and uh, – so I, I like where both of them are at and uh, want to continue it. So my initial thought when I saw this, uh, you know, on the horizon Oklahoma-Iowa matchup was this is going to be a contrast of styles. I think I was thinking about their football team because <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at their basketball. These guys are getting up and down the court more than anybody in the country. That This is not a slow-down, grinded-out Big Ten basketball team. It doesn't look like any way statistically, Coach. No, like that's the stereotype that people have because I know their football team is so slow. But Fran McCaffrey's on it. I mean, 
he's eight wins away from being the all-time winner there, and he has a style, and the style is absolutely one of the fastest paces in the country. And it's dangerous because we're playing fast, but that's what they've been doing for years because, I mean, they, they were, I think, 15-1 last year when they scored over 80 points. So, like, they're, they're getting over 80, and then the, 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 they're usually winning. And so you've got to be careful on trying to play in that. So we still want to do what we're doing, play fast. But I think we really got to guard. They have a style of, I mean, it, this is a crazy stat, Toby, not to throw analytics out to all the listeners here, but this is a crazy stat. So on, on tempo, they chart shots between the first and six seconds. Then they chart shots between seven and 12, all right? So of the shot clock, 60% of their shots off of a defensive rebound come within one to six seconds. Wow. 60%. Wow. The next, the next 28% comes uh, between seven and 12. It's crazy how fast they're playing. But then they run a motion. It's like, it's like old. There are very few teams in the country that run the old Bobby Knight motion anymore. Mm-hmm. And so Iowa pushes it up your throat, and then they get into true motion. It's a, it's a very successful style. He's had a ton of success with it, and it's very different. So you're saying you've got to be careful not to get sucked into running with them all day. Well, th- that's, the, that's the fine line my staff and I have been talking about for today. We're, we're effective running. We want yeah. to do that, but we really got to get back in transition D. We've been crashing like three or four guys at the offensive glass, and it's really helping us. You got to be careful because you're playing a team that's so used to getting it up to up to up the court in three seconds, and uh, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. We really got to guard and be on our transition D. Um, you mentioned uh, analytics there. How much do you study that? How much do you use it? And has that changed? through the years for you i absolutely use it i just i'm one of those guys that i believe information is power so i use it i look at it i study it and then i really balance it with my gut and my eyes and what what my eyes see what my gut feels of 32 years of experience so i I really have a balance i use it i'm not one of those old school guys that like don't i mean i it's information is power it's there's some things that are really powerful and that tell a story that tell a story in analytics but I, I combine that with what my eyes see and my gut. Do you have someone on your staff who is like the analytics guru? I do. I do. My guy, Dylan Mahawkey. He was actually a manager for Fran McCaffrey at Iowa. So this is kind of a homecoming. I don't think I know. Dylan's knew that. on my staff because Fran called me. And he's like, I had a manager. I don't have a GA spot. And I hired Dylan two years ago. And then I, I created a spot, director of analytics. He is brilliant. He's such a good basketball mind, and he and he's just brilliant with analytics. So I actually have him on my staff. He's a great young young man. Dylan, by the way, if you if you go to a game, Dylan um, looks like he's about twelve, but he <laughs> is a genius. Coach is right; he That's is Dylan. a genius. He's fun. Hey, how does it work at an event like this where you got to turn around and play the next day, but you don't know who your opponent is? So how do you kind of pre-scout USC and Seton Hall with your, your coaching staff? So I have one. So we rotate scouts, and I have a, one, one coach on the Seton Hall scout, one coach on the USC scout. I got GAs break pulling out all different kind of special situations, things with it. That, you know what that always, that always – I always hated that as an assistant. So yeah. You know what it stinks? It stinks is like let's say you pour in and you spent 
four days watching USC, breaking it down, hours of it, and then you don't play it. I, I, <laughs> as an assistant, I couldn't stand that. But that's, uh, that's part of it. But that's how we do it. So we're, we're the first game on Thanksgiving. So people are sitting around with their families, eating turkey, and they don't want to watch uh, pro football. But we, we, we play on Thanksgiving in Iowa. And then the next day, this is kind of cool, because when Fox approached me with this, this was part of the deal. So the next day, no matter who, what, Oklahoma TCU football game is on National Fox, and we are on right afterwards. Right, right when that game's over, we play either USC or Seton Hall right after that. I don't think I knew that. That's very cool. Your time yeah. is locked in regardless of, of what happens on Thursday. Your time on Friday is locked in. Correct. That was part of – this is the tournament by Fox, and that was part of Fox TV. They wanted us to play right after Oklahoma football. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's on national TV, yeah. TCOU football on Friday – and then we play right after. That Thursday game, the Thanksgiving Day game, by the way, folks, 2 o'clock Central Time tip. That'll be on uh, FS1. It's the Rady Children's Invitational. This is a brand-new event out there in San Diego. The Lion Tree Arena. I'm, I'm not aware of this arena, Coach. Who, who usually plays there? You know, I believe it's UC San Diego. San Diego's arena? Okay. Right. I, I believe so. I'll be able to tell you here and. Uh, no, that's okay. When I get there, but I, I don't. I don't. I think it's UC San Diego's arena. So it'll what be interesting to, too, yeah. because USC is going to be drawing a paparazzi because you know Bronny James is on USC's yeah. team. He hasn't played and been cleared yet, but everyone's kind of waiting as a game to game or when he's been cleared. And uh, they said before that it was just a, a complete paparazzi with him and LeBron around. So it'll be interesting to see if he's back. Yeah, it, was Seton Hall still Seton Hallish because that does feel like a clash of styles. That, that other game there. Yeah, they, they. You know what? We played him last year. We beat him in that tournament in Orlando. Um, yeah. I know we did really well in the portal, and he's off to a great start this year, Shaheen Holloway. So uh, I'll be honest with you. Like you know, the way I've always talked about. Like, I'm so locked in on Iowa. I haven't. I've seen him on TV. I've, I've looked in, but I haven't done a deep dive. I just know I think they're undefeated. Seton Hall is. How important uh, is this week for you guys early in the year? You know, it is, I, I think it's always important to play well and to, and to get good early wins. And, you know, I'm excited. This is a, a unique style. It's just really going to test our transition defense with us trying to play faster and crash the boards. You know, I mean, it, it's going to really be, you know, testing like to see this. And uh, um, you love to continue to, to, to stack wins and build your resume. So, I'm not one of those guys that's going to sugarcoat it and say, well, it's going to be early. I'm, I want to win this thing, man. I want to I get out there and I want to win. I want to post up some good wins, and I want to play well, and I want to get better. So I think our guys feel the same way. Our guys are hungry and uh, want to play well and, and stack some wins. It feels like an opportunity to kind of introduce the rest of the country to uh, the new-look Oklahoma Sooners this year. So, uh, yeah, I hope you go out there and play great. Don't blink. It'll be fun uh, on Thursday, folks. These two teams both want to get out and go and – this is a. This could be a game that would make uh, uh, the late Billy Tubbs very happy to watch. I'm sure it'll be fun. Coach, good luck to you guys out there. We'll be watching and cheering you on. Thanks, Toby, and to all you Sooner fans out there, have a great Thanksgiving. Boomer. Thanks, Coach. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, 2 o'clock Central Time, FS1. Friday, either USC or Seton Hall at 2.30 on Fox, Coach was saying, right after the – OU football game. That'll be fun. A little double header there. Chad McKee headed out with the Sooners along with Kevin Henry. They'll have the call for you both days on Sooner Radio.
All right, we'll be back. We go live to Fort Worth next to talk to our buddy Brian Estridge, voice of the Horn Frogs. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Snap back to Hoover. Hoover, they blitz, pressured, fires it, it's tipped, and caught! Touchdown! J.P. Richardson on the carom, hangs on. The Frogs have life with 5.51 to go. Hit the horn, Drake. OUTCU coming up 11 a.m. on Friday morning in Norman. We welcome in now the outstanding voice of the Frogs, Brian Estridge. Are you, at all, up, wor- are you at all worried about tryptophan and how it's going to affect your broadcast on Friday? Because I am. I'm already kind of panicked about it, I'll be honest What's with your you. plan? What's your eating plan on Thursday? I'm just going to eat all I can. Uh, you know, it's kind of are my you, general theme on Thursday. Are you going to be here Thursday. or are you going to eat at home and then come up Friday? I'm, I'm going to eat at home and come up Thursday night. Okay. Yeah, because I, I want to be there. I want to spend Thursday night in Norman to get the full effect of what Thanksgiving night in Norman's like. Magical. I think yeah. that's a good move by you. It's ma- Thanksgiving night, it's magical around here. I can, so. I can imagine. I want to see the Christmas lights up, you know, because everyone kind of turns them on, you know, on Thanksgiving. Right. I'm going to experience that. I, w- I want to be in there full fledged. Um, I am concerned about tryptophan. Yes. Yeah, I am. I am uh, generally concerned about an 11 a.m. kick the day after Thanksgiving. And my how my body will respond. Yeah, yeah, me and too. And I'm worried about your body, too. You should be. Uh, yeah. I'm worried about my body. I think everyone I who sees me is worried, worried about, about my body. body. Yeah, yeah, that's I, nothing I new. Yeah, no. I uh, let's get serious, all right? Let's get all serious. Right. Um, the season, five and six, bowl game on the line here. Obviously, last year played for the national championship. So just tell me the story of the year here. How has this unfolded for TCU? Man, it could be unfold. You know, when you unfold it, when you unpack it, you find a couple of themes that run through it, uh, Toby. It, one is um, a lack of big plays. You know, last year TCU was uh, you know tops in the country in big plays. You saw it against uh, you. You saw it against OU in that game. You know, you had, you had uh, big play after big play after big play that made a difference in it, and yeah. it's just not happening this year. Um, you know, there were long drives last year going into uh, Saturday's game uh, against Baylor. The Frogs had only had sustained. 40 scoring drives of 80 yards or more. I mean, four. Excuse me. I, should, I said 44. Uh, they got three on Saturday, so that's a good sign. Uh, but but you haven't been able to sustain long drives, and you haven't had big plays. Now, part of the problem also has been red zone turnovers. Uh, you had another one on Saturday against Baylor. You turned it over the two-yard line. Uh, the Frogs lead the country uh, in red zone turnovers. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's been a factor for them. So, uh, you know, if you look at, it, it, you know, stats are for losers, as they say, because if you look at the numbers, TCU has more yards than they had last year. They're, they're giving up fewer yards than they gave up last year. They've got more first downs than they had last year, but it has not resulted in W's. They've lost close games. They've turned the ball over at inopportune times. They haven't had nearly as many takeaways as they did last year. All of it kind of adds up. You know, Sonny calls it complimentary football. Sonny Dykes, the head coach at TCU, calls it complimentary football. He says, we just haven't played that this year. Was the Baylor win uh, putting it all together or more of a reflection that, that Baylor's having a terrible year? I think it's probably uh, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, t- Baylor's not very good. We do know that. Uh, and uh, I-, I think that, um, y- you know, when you look at it, the last half against Texas – uh, where the Frogs outscore them 20-3, and then the Baylor game. Uh, I, I think those are the t- 
two, well, signs of life here late that maybe they are start, starting to put it together. And some of that, let's let's be frank here. Some of it comes down to the fact that you're starting a freshman quarterback. And when you start freshman quarterbacks and you ask them to throw it 50 times a game, sometimes bad things happen. Uh, and that has, has been what had transpired for Josh Hoover. And I think things are really slowing down for him. Tell us about uh, Hoover. Coming off a 400-yard outing against Baylor, his stats are very nice this year. They, yeah, they are. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, 400 yards, that's the second time this year he's done that, throwing for 400 yards in a game. He's averaging, what, 350, something like that. They, they've asked him to do a lot. Um, you know, he, he's tough as nails, works his tail off. Uh, he's, in the, uh, he, he's in the film room all the time. The players really respect him. Uh, you know, he can make all the throws. I mean, I can, I can kind of go on and on about him, but he's a freshman. And, you know, he's a redshirt freshman who had, hadn't played really up until the Iowa State game this year. And so with that comes some deficiencies. And, uh, you know, the other thing that is, that's um, happened is until Chandler was available, which is really last week was the first time he was, you know, nearly 100%. Uh, they've had to protect him as well because there's no one behind him. Uh, you know, the guy behind him literally is a guy they took out of an office building in August in Dallas who played at Wofford who happened to have a year of eligibility left uh, and hadn't touched a football in a couple of months. That That's the backup. And so I think that uh, what, what you're seeing now is him more comfortable and maybe a little loosening of the reins from the protection standpoint and that there hasn't really been a quarterback run game. Uh, in the middle part of the season because they didn't want to get Josh Hoover hurt. You saw he had a touchdown scamper against uh, uh, against Baylor on Saturday. So you're seeing a little bit more of that in the zone read, and that makes him that much more effective. Where is Chandler Morris, and will we see him, do you think, on Friday, or is this definitely Hoover's team? Yeah, I think it's Hoover's team, uh, but uh, you, you could see Chandler. Chandler played a little bit against uh, uh, against Baylor. He, I, I would say he's probably 95% after the knee injury, and it was not as bad as we had um, uh, originally thought, which I think is a good thing, but it's the same knee that he injured last year when he when Max Duggan ended up coming in and replacing him. I said, just bad luck. You know, it's it's so unfortunate. That's two years in a row now uh, that Chandler is, uh, has, has suffered through those injuries. I mean, Chandler's one of those guys, man, you watch him in practice, and you did toby when he was at oklahoma the guy yeah. guy's got all the skills man he's got the skill set and you he's a he's a guy you want to see have some success and it, it, it just hasn't happened on a big scale yet because of those injuries and so but he's available on saturday i, I don't know that he'll play um I, I think there would have to be some circumstance or situa- situation that would require that uh because i, I do think it's uh, they're going to ride with josh hoover what about the defense yeah it's um you know, it's interesting uh, because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they've given up fewer yards than they did last year. Uh, there, there's much more in as far as the the scheme is concerned. Yet there have been big plays that have been, you know, sort of uncharacteristic of a Joe Gillespie defense that we've seen. You, you even saw, uh, you know, you saw a couple against Texas where they turned a screen pass into a, you know, 60 or whatever yard it was uh, touchdown. Uh, you saw a missed tackle on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, uh, on a throw that ended up being a touchdown. They've been long runs this season to teams. And so, you know, that has been the part that has been frustrating. And, you know, I, I was just listening. You were kind enough to send me uh, uh, Coach Venables' press conference and I was listening to him talk about, hey, it's your 111th. You know, it's just one guy who misses a fit. 
uh, and then all of a sudden it just you know there's a big play that results and I think that's been the case with TCU as well with you know essentially a brand new defensive line a couple of new linebackers in there Um, you know I I think that has been the tough part for them that not everyone has been perfect on every play and therefore you've seen some big ones that have occurred for the opponents has last year's success kind of the dream ride had any effect you think on this year's I think that's I think that's a really good question, Toby. I mean, all your questions are good, but that one was really good. Thank the, you very uh, much, Brian. Yeah, the uh, and and I take because and and you've gone through the, there is sort of a an after effect or a um, you know I'm not going to call it a burden, but there's 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 sort of this you know haze that hangs over you a little while because the season went so long. Uh, you, you worked so hard. And then in the end of that game against Georgia, it did not, you know, you picked a bad day to have a bad day. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that sort of was, oh, oh, and then you turn right around and you're in spring practice before you know it. And so because of that, I, I do think that there was some sort of some, some hangover effect from that game. I, I, I think they've kind of cleared it out of their system now. I think that's kind of over with, but I think for the first half of the season, for sure, there was, there was something to that. How's basketball looked early? Uh, good, but I mean, you know, we're fighting for a swack ring. You know, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> we got Alcorn tonight. <laughs> uh, you know, they get their first test on. I guess it's what December second or something. Uh, uh, they play uh, play at Georgetown, and then December night they'll play Clemson in Toronto, and so those are in Arizona State at Dickey's here. So you, you're going to have three tough ones in the in the non conference. Prior to that, and you know we're we're stretching and getting loose. Uh, you know, but they have, they, they've looked good. They're deep. I, I will say this I, in, 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 in all honesty, it's, it's the most talented team I've seen at TCU in 25 years. I mean, I think they're, wow. uh, they're deep. They return more points than any team in the country, 9,000 points or so. Uh, they wow. return more starts than any team in the country. I was just working on that last night. No one has played more games or started more games in this TCU roster. Um, and, and you know, you always hear coaches talk about, oh, you got to get old. You got to stay old. You got to say, well, this, this team did that. Uh, so, uh, you know, for them, it, it should uh, parlay any success. I got good news for you. Yeah. Uh, Joe Lenardi just dropped his updated bracketology. Okay. And you're in. Okay. Eight good. seed. Yeah, eight seed in Salt Lake City. We were just in Salt Lake City. It's gorgeous out I there. I love so, Salt Lake uh, City. You're going to yes. love that trip. Yeah. yeah you get Clemson in the opening game. Eight, Sweet. I, I can already taste the polygamy pale ale at Squatters <laughs> in Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now! What are you doing? No, you, this is Dallas. You no. can't say things like that oh, around can, here. Uh, but it's true. They there is a pale ale at uh-huh. Squatters in Salt Lake City called Polygamy Pale Ale. Oh, it's an actual thing. I it's an actual thing. I would not make that's that. That's hilarious. Yeah, I would that's not make fun. that up, man. I promise. Uh, all right. So, what has to happen for TCU to win Friday morning? I, I, th- I think a couple of things. I think one, you have to have a, a, a quick start if you're TCU. You have to have some, some uh, success early. Uh, to build confidence for this team and try to take the crown out of it. I, I think that obviously uh, we we know what it, that stadium produces as far as the crowd is concerned and noise. And so uh, I, I think you got to try to take the crowd uh, out of it with some success early. Uh, I, I think, you know, as we talked about with this defense, you can't allow the big play. And, you know, turnovers are going to be key. I mean, I, I – Frogs have to be on the plus side of turnovers in order to be successful. I know that sounds like coach talk, but, I mean, I, I'm just – the numbers bear it out. You know, when TCU has more turnovers than an opponent, they they win. I mean, I think Sonny Dykes is 17-1 and one at, at TCU with more turnovers. And so uh, it, that, to me, is is, uh, is, is kind of simple. I think they'll play hard. 
Um, I, I think TCU, um, I, I think they, they still have a lot of pride in this program. I think they really do want to get to postseason. I know Sonny Dykes does. He'd like to have the practices. Uh, and so uh, I, I think because of that, I think you'll see a pretty good effort from them. Anything other than the normal uh, fresh grapes and caviar for your booth? No, that's that you, know, you would that's like waiting general, for you. Yeah, yeah, that that should be fine. The the only thing is, I'm 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 kind of into non leavened bread. So if you could do okay. that this time, that would be great. We'll find some unleavened bread around here. Thank you, buddy. Uh, safe travels up on Thanksgiving night, and uh, I will see you on Friday morning, my friend. You're the best. Look forward to it, man. See you, Brian. All right, Brian Estridge, play by play voice of the TCU Horned Frogs. Break time. Chris Plank joins us to wrap it up on a Tuesday next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with the crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. We got meat carving stations, we got pasta stations, we got... We got salmon, we got lasagna, we got... You eat um, well. Yeah. We, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. And uh, The radio we, crew likes to look through the door sometimes at the mm-hmm. what you guys are eating How in there. How good like, does it smell? smells good it's, in there, doesn't it? It's We're amazing. waiting for the official invitation. It was just like, you guys come on in. Listen, anytime you guys want, you guys are more there than welcome. There it is. There it is. There it is. is. You got it. <laughs> and there's plenty left over. Years, there's plenty left over. There you go, Plank. We're in, baby. I want to tell you guys something. This is no BS, because... Let's see, uh, Yumi, Yumi Stats, the day oneers. Uh, Who am I leaving? Uh, Tom, yeah. uh, Tom Shores. Tom yeah, Shores, Tom. Right. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing better than when Merv would say, Let's "Go, go eat the team meal. Let's go eat the team meal." We're like, yeah. oh, "Really?" <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, going to like the greatest first cafeteria you've ever been to it, in your it, life. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And there's. A There's terrible no comparison. one that's it, it, no, it's not. It's a, well. Listen, you got to understand, Toby. I'm from a small town in Illinois, so furs was like a delicatessen. I know. When we, <laughs> when we would go to Shoney's, I thought the rich people ate at Shoney's, right? Golden Corral. I mean, come on, we couldn't even think about going to Golden Corral. And there was this place. I think it was called Rex. Oh gosh, my my mom's gonna Rex? kill me for not. Was Rex. it potatoes? It, it was. It was. They had potatoes. Okay, a there punk- was a place called Rax in Indiana, okay. R-A-X. That yes, had, that's it, had, that's it. Like roast beef sandwiches, but like one of their specialties okay. was really good baked potatoes. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking of something, but when we had this place called Ponderosa, Toby. Oh, yeah, to Ponderosa, me, sure. Yeah. the team meal is like all of that wrapped into one without a bunch of people paying with $2 bills. It's the yeah. greatest <laughs> thing ever. And to hear that, I because I just got the text, I mean – well, you know who's the happiest people? Probably like Collier and them because they're like, okay, no more having to f- float the bill for a Friday dinner. But that's cool, man. That was really cool. That was really cool from Coach. Good show last night, too. I found myself, I'm trying to do a better job of just as soon as the show is over, putting on the podcast. Uh, and I sat and listened last night. And I mean, I, I know some people would say, of course, you're going to say this. And that's fine. I always try to give that disclaimer. But 
I think it's been really cool to see Brent Venables get comfortable and grow into that head coach's role, man. He is he is really head coaching right now uh, in, in how he handles everything. And not just because he invited us to dinner, Toby, but in everything that he does, he's just he, – he's – He's become that guy, and I'm really excited for the future with him. How you feeling about Friday, fellas? I'm a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, yeah. TC- I, I, you still got the last year's game kind of in the back of your head, like that was a beatdown, man. You know what? Seems like so does a lot of other people. Uh, yeah. The coaches' corner yesterday, we had Jay Valai and Joe John Finley, and there was a couple of times where both of them said, and, and we remember what happened last year, and these guys huh. remember what happened last year. So I found that to be pretty interesting. And, Toby, I know you've started your dig into TCU. Uh, they play a different style than what West Virginia does, but in a lot of ways they're being viewed the same way as West Virginia was coming in here, right? Playing their best football, um, really in a good head. Miguel Chavis told us that the 40-point win over West Virginia was the most stressful 40-point win he's ever had, <laughs> which was hilarious. But, no, I'm, I'm feeling a little nervous, but I like that feeling, right? I feel like this team wants to show out for its seniors, so How you I'm feeling, really Drake? Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about it, but I, I, I hadn't even thought about the aspect of, like Plank said, that all these players, all these coaches remember the way this game went last year and – really really are going to be motivated by that hope so yeah it would be uh interesting to see a uh dylan gabriel like i wonder if mccade matoyer goes right after jamoy hodge at the first snap you know <laughs> like he did the dude from west virginia <laughs> yes <laughs> uh protect their guy all right hey chris have a great show today i told me talk to you tomorrow man have a great day thank you thanks to porter moser and brian estridge for joining us today you find folks for listening as well. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.